Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, February the 27th, 2024. It is currently 1016 a.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, in this episode of the Theology Central podcast, we're going to talk about podcasting in general, but we're going to talk about one podcast, one specific podcast. Because for some reason, there is one podcast, well, that the Christian Post is talking about today, right? They're pointing everyone to it because it's supposedly the number one podcast Well, at least according to one chart, I'm still a little baffled and a little confused why this podcast is getting the attention today because, well, I'll I'll explain in a minute. So, so let me just go to the, let me go to the article. Let me go to the article first and at least set this up because I'm, I'm a little confused. All right. So if you go to the Christian Post today, christianpost.com, you'll see the following headline. You'll see the following headline. Sorry about hitting the microphone. You'll see the following headline. Here we go. This was published today, Tuesday, February the 27th, 2024. All right. Here is the headline. Bible in a year with Jack Graham tops Apple's podcast charts amid rising biblical illiteracy. Now that headline has a number of issues that I talk about frequently. Well, one, I, I talk about the issue of biblical illiteracy over and 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 over again, right? I'm always yelling and screaming. I've been, I've been yelling and screaming about biblical illiteracy in the church for probably well over 30 years. I have done everything in my power to try to scream about it. I, I, at one point I used to put the blame at the door of every church that then over recent years, I've kind of put the blame more at the, well, at the door of every Christian, because I don't know. I mean, they've got every tool available to them. I've done everything in my power to try to fix it by teaching uh, the 12 methods of Bible study to anyone that will listen and trying to get people to actually engage in serious Bible study. I, I have approached this subject in every way possible. So the fact that biblical illiteracy is mentioned here, okay, that has my attention. But then they name a podcast that is a top, that's topping the Apple podcasting chart. And I'm like, okay, so which podcast it is? Now, when I see Bible in a year, the first thing I think of when I see that is that there is a podcast called The Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz, which tops the 0.01% of all podcasts. Like the the Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz is by far one of the most popular podcasts in the entire world. Again, it tops, it's in the top 0.01%. I mean, it, it is like, it is above almost every podcast. It's been talked about uh, in in news uh, from in different news articles, news sites, all over the place. Um, it's been discussed, talked about. It's kind of seen as you know one of those podcasting phenomenons. You're like, wow, this Catholic priest has taken a Bible in a year type podcasting format and has well t- topped the podcasting industry. 
So when I, when I saw it, I'm, I, I immediately thought that's the one, but then it was like, no Bible in a year with Jack Graham. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where did this podcast come from? I don't even know if I'm familiar with this one. So I, I had to look it up. And so what we're going to do is I'm at least going to point you in its direction by playing the latest episode of it, not the whole thing. I'm going to play a little bit of it. We'll analyze it. We'll offer some critique. We'll kind of get an idea of exactly what it is or what it isn't so that you will at least know about it. And then we're going to talk. I'm a little, again, I'm a little perplexed that this podcast got a news article and I'll explain why in a minute. It's really confusing to me. And then we'll read a little bit about the news article and then we'll talk about Christian podcasting in general. And then we'll talk about biblical illiteracy because I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to probably go on a rant. I'm probably going to go on a rant here in a minute. All right. I know people don't like when I do that. Maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. So there's a lot of things to unpack here. There's a lot. Of, and I just saw this article just a little while ago. So this is all like, I'm just putting this all together in real time. And hopefully this will be beneficial. So according to the Christian Post, Bible in a year with Jack Graham, not the Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz. Now that one I know is the top of like every chart. It's everywhere. All right. I know that that, that is the, like, if you want to forget Christian podcasting, podcasting in general, that one is like, you know, ruling the world. But the Christian post is not pointing us to that one. They're pointing us to a different one. Bible in a year with Jack Graham. Now, maybe they're pointing us to the one with Jack Graham because, well, he's not a Catholic priest. Maybe maybe that's the reason. I don't know why this one has gotten so much attention, but let's go listen and hear why Bible in a Year with Jack Graham has, well, I guess, I guess capturing the attention of a lot of people on the Apple podcasting app. Here's what it sounds like. Let us pray. And there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea, and let them fall by the camp, as if it were a day's journey on this side, and as if it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and, as it were, two cubits high upon the face of the earth. Numbers 11.31 Lord, as I continue my journey to the promised future, strengthen my mind, body, and soul, so that I do not get weary leading myself and those called to be with me to our promised land. I thank Okay, now right there, okay. What what this this to me in some ways this it sounds like that they're copying to some level the Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz. It, 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 that's what it feels like to me. And not only that, you're taking the entire historical narrative of Moses, Israel, journeying to the promised land, and you just now turned it into an allegory about supposedly our journey to the promised land. Now, is there parallels or is there no parallels? You got to be careful with that, right? You got to be careful because clearly what God does for Israel in their wilderness journey, he's not doing. He's not doing those things for us. He's not magically providing food, all the supernatural things that are happening. So you, you got to be very careful how you take a historical narrative and then try to make it almost prescriptive for what God is going to do for us or try to almost turn it into an allegory. Maybe there are principles, but that that's I, I'm a little nervous with that. I'm going to back it up so you can hear it again. 
Again, this is the podcast that the Christian Post is like, hey, this is number one on the Apple podcasting charts. So, and and, and just so that you know, an episode uh, of this thing is only like 11 minutes long. And this is, and, and they're, 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 I guess, they're connecting this, that this podcast is right, is, is going up the charts while biblical illiteracy is increasing. Well, if this is going up the charts and biblical illiteracy is increasing, then is that telling me that this is not helping? Are you telling me this is trying to help? The, okay. All right. We're, we'll talk about the biblical illiteracy part in a second. Well, let's go back. I'm going to just play this again. Here we go. Let us pray. And there went forth a wind from the Lord, and brought quails from the sea, and let them fall by the camp, as if it were a day's journey on this side, and as if it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and, as it were, two cubits high upon the face of the earth. Numbers 11.31 Lord, as I continue my journey to the promised future, strengthen my mind, body, and soul so that I do not get weary, leading myself and those called to be with me to our promised land. I thank you for assembling the right team that will help me execute with excellence the task set before me. As I look at the book of Numbers 11.4-11.35, through 11.35, when times get hard on my journey to my destiny, I will be careful not to look into my past and long for the things that brought me comfort. Instead, I will look forward with my eyes towards the prize and promise that awaits me in my upcoming season. I declare that I will not sacrifice my legacy for temporary luxury, because I know that doing so will only leave me with the pain of regret. So, I speak to my mind and declare peace over it. I will speak to my heart and command it to remember all of God's provision and deep love for me. I confess that I only want what you want for me, Lord, and thank you that you never disappoint. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Okay, I'm, I'm trying to follow this. I'm trying. Okay, so I guess that's like the opening prayer. Okay, that's the opening prayer. Now they have the transitioning music. Now they're going to go into, I guess, the actual episode. Maybe this is how this is, it works, which will leave it about like... Maybe eight minutes. Let, let's see. Let's see what they do here. I, I'm, I'm, I haven't listened to an episode yet. You remember how that's how I always do things. So we're, we're figuring this out in real time. We're listening to the Bible in a Year with Jack Graham, which there's an article in the Christian Post today that this is topping the Apple podcasting charts. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, why is this thing at the top of the charts and what does it actually signify and what does it actually mean? And well, let, let's, let's, let's listen. God provides quail. In our last story, we learned about Israel begging God to stay in their presence and not to leave because of their stubbornness. God reestablished His covenant with Israel, and they built Him a tabernacle. 
In this story, we pick back up with the Israelites wandering the desert and their continued distrust in God's provision, as inspired by the book of Numbers. Hello, I'm Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. In yesterday's reading, we learned that God led the Israelites into the desert again, headed towards the promised land. God instructed the Israelites in the building and setting up of the tabernacle, the place where his presence would dwell with them on the earth. And as we closed out the book of Exodus, God was leading the Israelites through the deserts, his presence once again appearing as cloud and fire to guide them and to tell them when to stop and when to go. Today, we'll enter the book of Numbers, and once again, we'll hear how the people continue to complain and express their lack of faith in God. Their impatience and distrust will wear on Moses, and God will see that he needs help. Leading these people is no small task. It is a great task. So, let's listen to today's reading. Moses continued to lead the thousands of people through the wilderness towards the promised land. Okay, this is kind of like a... I feel like this is just like a lot of elements thrown together. All right, so we have kind of this dramatic prayer, all right? With a lot of little kind of, I mean, those little like sayings that someone could, you know, you know, I'm not going to look back. I'm going to look forward to my legacy. Like, like these little sayings that I guess you could write down that that goes really fast. Then you have a transition. Then Jack Graham comes in, states just some basic, you know, like, Hey, here's kind of like where we've been. Here's where we are. Here's where we're going. Just really brief. Then kind of another quick transition sound. Then boom. Now, is it just a reading of the, t- is it just the reading of the text? I'm going to keep listening because I've already gone to so many different elements in such a, a quick period of time. So I, I'm going, I, I'm, I'm going to listen to this and just see. I'm, I'm going to listen to this and see, cause I'm just, I'm curious. Is, is that all this is? And why is this capturing so many people's attention? And now I understand immediately the mo, the probably the number one thing that makes it attractive. It's only like 11 minutes long. So if you can, if you have short episodes that you can release daily, you may be able to build a bigger audience versus, you know, turning on the microphone and speaking for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes, which is probably not as conducive. So, and I do know that that's like, you know, that was kind of my vision for today's focus is to do something about 15 minutes, which I never quite (laughs) pulled off. So I kind of, I know that that's kind of what they tell you to do in podcasting is make it short. Make it short because people have short attention spans and 2024, 2023, I guess we've been hearing that. I've been, I've been hearing that since the 1980s, right? Remember all the yelling and screaming, MTV is destroying the attention span of this generation. And now it's TikTok is destroying the attention span of this generation. I think we've been hearing it probably forever. Okay. But what is interesting to me is that the Christian Post the way they put this headline together, it seems almost like, hey, biblical illiteracy is rising, and here's Bible in the year. It's topping the Apple podcasting chart. Is this is this the answer? Well, can an 11-minute program where you just kind of read through it really quick fix biblical illiteracy? I'm not going to say it can't help. I just I just don't know. I, I and they're already clearly adding kind of a a an interpretive template for it as well, which we could call into question. But let's listen and see if, is this just going to read the rest of it? What, what, let's, let's see what other elements they throw in. 
and God continued to provide for his people. Moses and the Lord were close and spoke daily. However, the mantle of leadership began to wear on Moses. His eyes looked weary, and his body was tired from tending to all the needs of Israel alone. The people of Israel began to moan in hunger. Like children needing food, they groaned and held their stomachs. Moses could hear their childish sounds from inside his tent. He got up from his tent and went out to find people grabbing him and complaining. When we were in Egypt, we had fish, cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. Oh, that we would be able to eat meat again. For weeks we have had nothing but manna. They wailed in anxious complaint. Their childish weeping angered God and irked Moses as well. This reminds me when I, I when I was I hadn't been a Christian for super long. I don't remember, maybe less than a year, maybe a little over a year. I don't know. I was still a teenager, and I remember going to the Bible bookstore, Butternut Street, Abilene, Texas, and I I on KGNZ, the Christian radio station, which was actually located right next door to the Bible bookstore. That Christian radio station at I think I think KGNZ did it two times a day. Maybe three times a day. I think it was only two. They had like a 15-minute segment. Maybe like a... I think it was 15. It wasn't very long. Where they played an an audio dramatization of the Bible, right? It was like the Bible, but it was like dramatized. And um, I remember hearing that and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, right? This would be pretty cool to listen to because you had like different voices, you had the sounds, kind of like what they did right there. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I wonder where I could get one. And I, I, I never gave it much thought. And then I went into the Bible bookstore and they had it there on cassette. I know that's dating me. And um. I was like, wow. So I think I, got, I was able to get the New Testament on cassette. I was never able to afford all of it. And uh, I remember listening to those things over and over and over. Now, I, I, I definitely did not hurt my biblical literacy. Um, but so this is, not an, this is not a new concept. They, they were doing it on Christian radio in the 80s. So now they're, they've moved it to a—now here, the, the key is they've limited it to a little shorter segment— there on uh, Christian radio, I think they went like 15 minutes. So, but even then it was a short period of time. So you give people a dramatized version of the Bible and and short segments. And then I guess you can have the number one podcast on Apple podcasting chart, according to the Christian post. So let's let's listen to a little bit more of this, but I think we kind of now know what this podcast is. Again, it's called the Bible in a year with Jack Graham. Um, I, I, I still don't know why this one is getting the attention because as I've already stated, the Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz is in the top 0.01% of all podcasts in the world. So that's the one that's really gotten the attention. But here's someone else now kind of taking the same concept, maybe doing their own little twist on it. And well, this one seems to be at least successful to a certain level. I'm still confused because it, it's not as successful as I would have thought when I first started researching this when I saw the article. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Here we go. Let's go back and listen to what they're doing here. Annoyed, tired, and feeling overwhelmed, Moses snapped at God, shouting, Have I done something wrong that you would lay the burden of all these people on me? Am I their mother? Did I carry them in my womb? No. Yet you would have me breastfeed them all the way to the promised land. I cannot carry all these people on my own. It's too much. You should kill me now so I don't do something I am going to regret. God took Moses seriously, for his burden was great. 
Over 600,000 people were in his care. Issues of family strife, sexual abuse, fights and arguments over property plagued Moses daily. It was truly a burden too great for him to bear alone. So the Lord had Moses appoint 70 men out of the elders of Wait a minute. He Okay, I'm trying to find I got my Bible open in Numbers 11. Where is some of this stuff that he just mentioned? Look, when you start adding to God's word, I, I uh Okay, hang on. I, I'm trying I'm trying to find out exactly where Okay, hang on. All right, here we go. Uh, okay. So, and Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore uh, hast thou af- uh, afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all the people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them that they should uh, should have say unto me, carry them in the bosom as a nursing father, beareth the suckling child unto the land, or else thou swearest unto thy fa- to their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give them? Um, I'm not able to bear this people. Where where does he say all the stuff that there was like sexual abuse and? Okay, I'm going to back that up a little bit. I'm going to back it up a little bit. Let, let's listen to this again. Um, so are they is are they so dramatizing this that they're adding their own dialogue? Now, obviously, this is a popular thing to do in 2024. I mean, look at how popular the Chosen is. They add entire segments of dialogue and and scenes that are not even in the Bible, and nobody seems to even. Have, if you criticize that, you get in trouble. So I, I guess now we're going to have like a dramatized audio Bible that just adds things to the Bible, and this is going to fix biblical illiteracy. Uh, now, now I'm I'm starting to get a little concerned. I'm going to play that again because I'm sitting here looking at my text. I'm like, I don't see. Um, I I'm looking here, and I don't even think it gives a number of the people. Hang on, wait, wait, how about this thing? I'm looking. Okay, no, it does say, and Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000, all right? So it mentions them there. Um, yeah, okay, so, so the number may be right. Okay, so I'm looking. Let, let's go back and listen. God took Moses seriously for his burden. I'm going to back that up a little bit more. I'm going to back that up a little bit more because I want to hear all the things that supposedly he's dealing with. Childish weeping angered God and irked Moses as well. Annoyed, tired, and feeling overwhelmed, Moses snapped at God, shouting, Have I done something wrong that you would lay the burden of all these people on me? Am I their mother? Did I carry them in my womb? No. Yet you would have me breastfeed them all the way to the promised land. I cannot carry all these people on my own. It's too much. You should kill me now so I don't do something I am going to regret. God took Moses seriously, for his burden was great. Over 600,000 people were in his care. Issues of family strife, sexual abuse, fights and arguments over property plagued Moses daily. So one, it says Moses snapped at God. Okay, I don't, did he snap at God? And not only that, then he was dealing with people where there was sexual abuse and family fights. Like, I, 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 
I'm getting a little nervous because like the, the way the text actually reads, then Moses heard the people weep through uh, throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight that thou layest the, the burden of all this people upon me? Now, do we read that as he's snapping at God? Or do we just like, maybe he's exhausted and he's expressing his frustration? Like you can express frustration and just like, Lord, I don't know what, what do you want from me? I I don't know. Or you can express, God, why are you doing this to me? Now that, that, that greatly impacts how you read the text. Now, now preachers do this all the time. When we, when we preach a text, sometimes we will impose an emotional framework onto the text and that can greatly impact how you interpret it. So preachers do this at the same time, but the point is there seems to be adding words here that there was sexual abuse going on and, and there were family fights. Now, maybe I'm missing something in the text that I, that I'm, I'm missing, but I'm looking carefully for this and I'm not seeing where this is coming from. So is that adding, I mean, again, how much can you add to God's word and subtract from God's word before you are in trouble? The the chosen seems to show that you can add all kinds of things and people don't care. But this is almost like an, an, an actual supposedly Bible reading. So then does that become even more problematic? You can draw your own conclusions. I'm just trying to point this out to you of what's what's going on and how this is being talked about in the Christian Post and supposedly number one on the Apple podcasting charts. Let's listen to a little bit more of this. It was truly a burden too great for him to bear alone. So the Lord had Moses appoint 70 men out of the elders of Israel to be his officers to relieve his burden. All but two came to Moses' side. Moses gathered them all in his tent and the Spirit of God descended on each and every one of them, even the ones who had remained at home. Joshua watched as even the two who had not come received God's Spirit and began to prophesy. Confused, Joshua yelled, We must make them stop! However, Moses had a smile on his face brighter than the sun. The wrinkles on his face lifted up as he laughed. Moses put his hand on Joseph's shoulder and said, Are you jealous for my sake? Don't be, for I would rather the entire camp be filled with prophets Moses was elated, finally not bearing the burden of all these people alone. The next day, a tempest from the east sprang forth. The mighty winds raged and carried with it was a flock of quail. The quail ran through camp like a tsunami. For miles and miles there were quail. There's all kinds of language being used. There's nothing about Moses smiling and his wrinkles and smiling like the sun. All, none of that is there. None of that. There's not like there's so much being added to this. It's not even like this is not like it's just using a dynamic equivalent. It's it's just it's just just flat out adding stuff. Now you may say, well, but it makes it read so much better, and I really like it. Again, the article that we that this that told me about this podcast is somehow talking about this podcast in light of biblical illiteracy. You do not fix biblical illiteracy by creating 
a dramatized version of scripture in which you add or subtract that. No, then people don't know the Bible. They know there's dramatized version where you may also be adding an emotional, an emotional kind of interpretive you know, concept onto the text itself. Anything that you kind of actually, it, it, it looks like you're leading people to the scriptures, but you're actually, you have them like a, about, you know, a mile off, right? They're, 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 they're not quite, it, it's parallel. Here's the actual text. Here's this kind of dramatized, made up text. And you feel like you're learning the Bible, but you're actually learning something else. That's the, again, the issue with the chosen. You, you know, you're not actually watching the Bible come to life. You're watching some other added things. And so how much before you divert away and you're way over here, like you, you start off maybe just a few feet apart. And then next thing you know, you're a mile apart and then you're five miles apart and then you're 10 miles apart. And now whenever you do see the Bible or hear the Bible, you bring with it this other version and these other concepts that's been imposed upon the text. Let's see what else happens here. The people had complained greatly to God about having no meat, and now there was too much for them to eat. Yet with the quail came a price. A plague descended upon the people. Sickness riddled the people of Israel for days, and the anger of God was made known. Their hearts had longed for Egypt, to return to the bitterness of slavery, all because they missed having meat. The wrestling match between Israel and God continued, as did God's mercy discipline, and blessings. As we open today's reading from Numbers 10, Moses is leading tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of Israelites through the desert. God never failed to take care of them, to provide for them. But once more, the people began to moan and groan and complain. They grew tired of the same food every day, the manna, though it was supernaturally delivered from heaven each day. They began to see only the negative and forgot about God's miraculous provision. They started to think about the meat they ate in Egypt and wish they had never left. Their ingratitude offended God and is wearing on Moses. The constant complaints and quarrels among the people chipped away at him, and so he did what he would always do, and that is to go to God. He's tired, he's irritated, and he doesn't hold back. He asks God why he's bringing all this trouble on him. He then reminds God that it was God that brought them out of Egypt. Moses says he's about to snap and do something stupid. Maybe you've been there. I know I have in the past. We're frustrated, afraid, and don't know what to do. It's chaos. So we can appreciate Moses' frustration. Now, it says that Moses was about to snap and do something he would regret. All right, I'm going to read this again. Numbers 11.10, then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. Every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest this burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them, that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father beareth the sucking child, uh, unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? 
Whence should I have flesh to give unto all the people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou and if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of thy hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. Now, I guess maybe they're saying that let me not see my wretches, wretches, wretchedness is Moses saying, hey, you may need to kill me before my my sinfulness appears, before it shows up. So uh, maybe that's their way of him saying, uh, before I do, before I snap, before I do something, I regret. Okay, so maybe that's where they're they're taking that from. Okay, that makes maybe a little, that makes a little bit more sense. That makes a little bit more sense. I was like, where exactly are they getting that? I guess that last phrase. Now, some of the language they use, they added, you know, all kinds of stuff. But again, so it, it, do you do we stay with the actual words or can you just kind of expand on them to create more of a dynamic effect again we could we have this we could have this discussion let, let let's see now how they're going to wrap this up god doesn't chastise him or tell him he's not being a good leader he comes to his rescue and instructs moses to call 70 men to appoint as officers to help lighten the load God tells Moses that the spirit that is upon Moses shall be upon them too, so that they can lead others as officers and leaders of Israel. This is a great plan. It is the relief that Moses needed, lest he burn out completely. When we earnestly come to God for help, he always delivers, and he gives us the means to overcome our situation as he did for Moses. So when we come to God, he always helps. And he gives us the means to overcome our situation. That's, that's some big claims. That's some big claims. You got cancer, you come to God, he's going to help you and he'll give you the means to overcome your... Nope, that doesn't always work out. Hey, your child has gone missing. You come to God for help. He's going to give you the means to overcome, find your child. At, oh, but you may find your child and your child's not alive. Okay, that, that may not. So you've got to really clarify what you mean. How many people are starving to death every day in this world? How many people are dying in Ukraine and in Gaza right now? Hey, well, you just come to God and he'll give you the help and he'll give you the means to overcome whatever he will. So, okay, Lord, I need your help because I sin. I want to stop sinning. Now, is he going to give me then the ability to stop sinning forever? No, nobody's going to be perfect. So you've got to very much clarify what you mean. And again, you're taking historical narrative and it sounds like you're trying to make it prescriptive for how everything works. No, this was how God was working with Israel, a covenant nation whom he made a covenant with. But now God will deal with the ungrateful hearts of his people. He tells Moses that he's going to give them more meat than they can handle. Moses asks how God thinks he's going to do that. There are over 600,000 people. God's response is one that we should keep in mind when we think something sounds impossible. Numbers 11.23 says this, The Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's power limited? Now you will see whether my word will come true for you or not. God tells Moses to stay faithful, to keep watching. And that's a good word for us. When things seem unlikely, improbable, or even impossible, we need to turn our eyes upon the Lord and see what God can do, because God's power is not limited. God can do anything but fail. 
you got to be so... Oh. I know that's standard Christian talk, but you can tell people that and then where, then God doesn't show up. Okay. Because he is all powerful, but he is under no obligation to utilize that power in the way that you think he will. Here he has an obligation to Israel because he has made a, he entered into a covenant with himself to take Israel. He promised them that they would get into the land. He told them there, there is a lot of other elements and context to what God does for Israel. He made a covenant promise with them. He told them he would bring them into the land. He told them this. He told them that. There was there's promise. You can't take some of these narratives and say, "Hey, whenever you're whenever you're in a situation, just look to God and his power will you know, he will take care of the situation." You can't tell people things like that. Because then when they're in the hospital and watching their mother, you know, they're, they're, maybe they're a teenager watching their mother die. They may be like, well, then where is the God of all power who is going to help me? I know that because I was a teenager in a hospital watching my mother die. And I heard that. Hey, God's power. God will do this. God will do. She died. She died. Oh, my father had cancer. Oh, he died. All right. Seen it countless times. Uh, I've told the story about the Pentecostal girl I went to uh, school with. Right. She I obviously disagreed strongly with her theology. Even at that time, I disagreed. But, you know, she was trying to live for the Lord. Uh, she she got ridiculed. And and I would always try to def- even when before I was a Christian, I would try to take up for her and defend her because I couldn't stand. I, you know, I don't like when anyone gets picked on for it because usually I was the one getting picked on. But the way she dressed, always carrying a Bible, you know, you know, all the things she did, she got, well, she died, got hit by a truck while turning around in her car. So God didn't raise her from the dead. God didn't do anything. So you got to be very careful. And I can go on story after story, 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 after story. So we always sell it like, hey, see what God did for Israel? He had all this great power. He'll do the same for you. Well, then, you know, there shouldn't be, I mean, he fed the people. There shouldn't be any starving people in the world. No, God made a covenant with Israel. He had, a, he therefore made a covenant with himself. Therefore, in that sense, because he co- he made this covenant with them, then he has an obligation. I, I don't, I hate when people take these stories and then try to just like, this is what God is going to do. This is what God will do. And well, and then people find themselves discouraged, depressed, disillusioned, and in many cases de- deconstructing because they felt that they were sold well, a bunch of lies. Just as God promised, he sent meat. Quail came down upon their camp. They were up to their knees in quail. The people spent the day gathering it, and there was no way they could eat all of it. Clearly, there was no doubt that God would provide and did provide for his people. It is so very important that we never mumble or grumble or complain about God's provision. God will always take care of his children. We should not complain or doubt that. All right, now, this is a good question. I want you to do this today. Research how many people die every day in the world from starvation. Now, are we to draw from that conclusion 
that the people who die from starvation aren't Christians? See, when you say God will always provide, you've got to somehow offer some, you got to offer some kind of explanation. But if you only got 11 minutes, see, this is the thing that drives me crazy about so many Christian podcasts and Christian programs. They got to make them short. They got to make them quick, right? Because, because, you know, people have supposedly short attention spans and we're going to supposedly fix biblical illiteracy. Well, he's taking a text. He's now extrapolating from that text principles that he's now making almost prescriptive instead of uh, explaining that they're descriptive. He's then making promises that I don't think he can make. And this is going to fix biblical illiteracy because you know what you're not supposed to do in Christian podcasts? You're not supposed to ask tough questions. You're you're not supposed to struggle with realities that people actually face. No, 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 no. We just want a Disney version of Christianity. We just want a Hallmark movie version where everything is wonderful, everything is great, and the story is going to end with this beautiful music playing and the sun setting, and you got the nice house with two dogs in the front yard and the white picket fence, and the kids are playing, and the husband is saying, oh, honey, I love you, and I love you. Look at our wonderful life, and everyone is healthy. Everyone is happy and everyone has everything they need and everything is wonderful because we've got God on our side. Imagine how different this story would have been if people, the people of Israel, had just trusted God and turned to him. But as we end today's reading, the people are overwhelmed with meat and then a plague hits that wrecks havoc on the entire camp, and it's all because they forgot that their God can do all things and that he is faithful to provide for our every need. He's faithful to provide for every need. Now, what do you mean by that? God clearly provides for every spiritual need by providing salvation in Jesus Christ, right? And imputed righteousness, but every need, every need, just look at church history. There's Christians who've been murdered, killed, starved to death, froze to death. Now, what we'll say, well, God still met their needs because they got heaven. Okay, we'll see now, if you're going to play the game that way, well, then just, then what you need to clearly identify is God will meet your need in some way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the money's going to show up, the cancer's going to go away, that the injury's going to be healed, that you're going to get your job back, that your family's going to come back together. No, no, you need to then clearly articulate what you mean. If the ultimate goal is that God will ultimately meet every need in eternity, then we can say amen to that. But if you try to it, it imply in any way, shape, or form that that promise is for now, you're gonna, I think you're going to end up, you're going to end up lying to people. I, I, what do I always say? There's the Christianity we sell. There's the Christianity we pretend we have. And then there's the reality of the Christian life. And it never looks like the Christianity we were sold and it rarely looks like the Christianity we're pretending that we're, that we have. We try to put the smile on their face and try to make it, try to make sure we can, we look like, a, we try to look like the brochure that we were sold and come to find out in many cases, we're just lying to ourselves. Dear God, thank you for today's reminder that nothing is impossible for you, that you can do anything beyond what we can even think or imagine, that you abundantly supply our every need. 
Lord, may we never grumble, but rather be grateful for all that you have provided for us and to give thanks for the multitude of blessings that you have given to us. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you know, someone you love, because by sharing this podcast, you can make a big difference in someone's life in Jesus' name. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's life, God's power, God's strength for successful Christian living, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you. And there you have it. That was the episode from today of Bible in a Year with Jack Graham. And the reason we're talking about it is if you go to the Christian Post right now, here we go. Bible in a Year with Jack Graham tops Apple's podcast charts amid rising biblical illiteracy. And a significant achievement for faith-based digital content, the podcast series Bible in a Year with Jack Graham has hit the number one spot on the Apple charts for religious podcasts despite growing biblical illiteracy across the United States. The Prayer.com series produced in collaboration with uh, iHeart Podcast features the biblical teaching of Jack Graham, pastor of uh, Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Texas. Currently on its second season, the podcast is designed to bring the scriptures to life through cinematic storytelling enhanced by an original soundtrack performed by a 61-piece orchestra. It's been an honor and a joy to partner with the team at Pray.com, bringing this great project to life. Um, there, there's never been a more important time to spread the influence of God's word to our communities, our country, and the world. We pray the Bible in the Year podcast format invites people to engage with scripture in a new way, diving deeper into God's character while journeying through the grand biblical narrative. Matthew Potter, co-founder and head of strategic relations at Pray.com, emphasized the transformative potential of the Bible in the Year podcast. We're incredibly blessed and thrilled to advance our journey with Pastor Jack Graham at the helm of an unparalleled Bible in a Year podcast. The Bible's profound and vast legacy demands the expertise and passion of a luminary like Dr. Graham. It's a privilege of the highest order to collaborate with him. Together, we're on a mission to transform lives through the podcast, Bible in a Year, empowering listeners to weave biblical wisdom into the fabric of their daily lives, fostering growth and faith and enlightenment. Okay, that sounds like literally like a, uh, you know, like a press release. Um, now, it, now it goes on to say, according to the American Bible Society, State of the Bible 2023, over the last three years, there has been a steady decline among young people engaging with Scripture. Right, so they go here to talk about the 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 you know alarming biblical illiteracy. All right, so we have we have a couple of things here to figure out. All right, so we have the world of Christian podcast. We have the world of Christian podcast, which I do think is amazing and awesome that there's so many people in so many different parts of the world turning on microphones to talk about doctrine, theology, church history, the Bible, devotionals. It is amazing that there is so much content out there. According, if you go to the, uh, say the Apple podcast store and you look for, um, the Edify Christian podcast app, the Edify Christian podcast app, that's E-D-I-F-I. E-D-I-F-I, Edify. Hang on, let me uh, let me pull up the podcasting uh, store, the, or, the app store. Okay, hang on, I'm pulling up the app store. Hang on, here we go. I'm going to uh, type in, uh, here we go. The Edify Christian Podcast, they boast 
of having two million plus Christian podcasts all in a single app. That is the Edify Christian Podcast app, E-D-I-F-I. Now, when that app first was released, we had a, a we had a long dramatic story or our back and forth with them because for some reason th- they would not allow us to be on the app or we couldn't be on the app. It was some weird thing. And, but there were these other crazy things on there that in some cases, I don't even know if you want to call them Christian. And it was like this weird back and forth. And then they were like, well, oh, we thought you wanted to be a part of our, our podcasting network and we only let certain podcasts. So then finally they got us on the Edify Christian podcasting app. It, it was crazy. It was a, it was a long back and forth. But they have two million podcasts. So I was like, this is a cool idea. This is awesome. Hopefully this turns into something great. And then, well, nothing really happened much with the Edify Christian Podcast app. They haven't even updated the app in a year. So I don't know if they've abandoned it. I don't really know what's going on there. But I I was like, okay, this is awesome. Because if you have an app where everyone can go to, there's all these Christian podcasts and they can find ones that will help them grow spiritually. I was like, this is great. You've got 2 million Christian podcasts. That's got to help with theological illiteracy, biblical illiteracy, illiteracy about church history. This should fix the problem. But even with it, biblical illiteracy continues to increase over and over and over. So in some cases, I want to make it very clear. The only reason biblical illiteracy increases is because individuals don't care to do anything about it. They have the Bible in every format you could want it. You have it everywhere. It's available everywhere. There are Bible apps galore. There are there's study guides. There's Christian podcasts. There's sermons. So anyone who's biblically illiterate, I, I, I'm, I'm tired of all of this. Like we've got to fix it. You you know how you want to fix it. You got to get people, you got to deal with the people. The people got to get up off the couch and do something about it. Right. Because now you can challenge them, but I, I, I think all of the different attempts we got, we got, we got to go directly to the issue. And it's people don't want to do anything about it because I, that's where I feel. But I, but I, I love the idea of the Christian podcasting world. I do love it. I just don't know how to necessarily make it work in a better way. I think in many cases, the Christian podcasts are just going to have to compete in the open market with all the other podcasts. Now, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, they just got to find a way to be found. And I found a way to, to reach the people. And I don't know if there's a, a great way. If it was up to me, and I don't have any control of this, um, sermon audio, which in some ways kind of serves, it can serve as a podcast hosting site now. It really can. Um, I think that they need to re- promote that much more. The sermon audio, the, they should call it sermon audio, the podcast, the sermon audio podcasting network and get Christian podcasters to be on there because by being on there, well, they have to agree to a statement of faith. So anyone who sees a, a podcast that has the sermon audio branding knows that they've assigned a statement of faith. So that gives you at least some idea of the content, at least some. And then, uh, they, they can do live broadcasts. They have the church one app. There's all these other features that other podcasting platforms don't have. So I think they really need to do more branding. I know they, they've kind of branded it as being sermons, but I think they can have sermon slash podcast that they, they can try to draw a distinction. They need to have a tab on there for podcasts for everyone who brands themselves as a podcast. I, I, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a, a whole market there waiting for them because the Edify Christian podcast app just kind of I, I don't know. I, I just really thought that they were going to do more promoting of it. I thought I thought it was going to, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just feel like they, 
the bottom dropped out. I just feel like it kind of has been abandoned. Now, I know that's my perspective, but that's how I feel because, I mean, I, I was really trying to promote it and trying to get, you know, people to utilize it. And I think it's just kind of went away. So if you've never checked it out, the Edify Christian Podcast app, you should at least download it and take a look and see what's there. Um, I think they, they, it, it kind of felt like that there was a, that they, what they really wanted to use it for was to promote any podcast produced by them. Like the Edify Christian podcast. Hey, everyone else bring your podcast here, but we really want you to bring your listeners to us so that we can promote our podcast. Instead of really trying to say, we're going to use this podcast app to promote and shed the spotlight on all Christian podcasts. So to me, it felt like, like, okay, hey, get your listeners to come here. And then what we're going to do is everything in our power to promote our podcast. Okay, well, that that's great. Okay, what about... What about the others? Now, maybe, maybe that's a wrong perception, but there we go. So the Christian podcasting world, I still think there is great potential there. I still think there's great way how to harness it, how to utilize it so people can discover the different podcasts and, and, and benefit from it. I don't know. You can tell me how you basically find your Christian podcast. If you, if you're a podcast listener, some people aren't, but if you're a Christian podcast listener, how do you find them? How are you stumbling upon them? How, how, because that's the key. Discover, discoverability and how people find them is key. So I, I've always been watching it, watching that world. And I think there is potential there, but here's what's kind of fascinating to me. Well, the Christian podcasting world is still kind of taking shape and, some survive, some don't. And, and how, how do you monetize it? How do you support them? There, I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions about the future of all of the, of, of, of where it's going to go. And I don't, I definitely ha- don't have it all figured out, but there are some of these podcasts that obviously reach a very big audience. And like I said, the, the Bible in a year by father, Mike Schmitz, that's, that's kind of one of those that kind of took off and even the secular media, took notice to it. They're like, this is like a podcasting phenomenon. So it looks like Jack Graham, that they are following a similar template. They're following a similar template. So Bible in a Year with Jack Graham is, is kind of like, I guess, the Protestant version of what Father Mike Schmitz was doing. And it, it's also found itself to be somewhat successful. So here raises the question. Now, here's the question I want to ask, all right? And I've asked this question a lot. If these Christian podcasts, now, especially with uh, Father Mike Schmitz, that's in the top 0.01% of all podcasts in the world, right? In the world, that is significant, all right? Now, but here's my question. If you have 2 million Christian podcasts and they are now seen as the way to fight against biblical illiteracy, if podcast, if like, hey, all these people are biblically illiterate, even people who go to church are biblically illiterate. So dun, 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 here comes the rise of Christian podcasts to help with the problem. Well, then what's the point of the local church? 
If Christian podcast is now seen as the solution to fight the rise of biblical illiteracy, then why have a church? What's even the point of a church? Why pay the money for a building and staff and all the things you're doing in a building when the reality is the way we're fighting? It's like nobody's even looking to the church to fight biblical illiteracy. It's like, it's almost like you've had your time. You failed. It's over. You're archaic. It's outdated. Don't worry. It, it, you're having enough trouble raising, uh, having the money to even keep your doors open. Close it down. Turn on a microphone and broadcast. Now you can reach people all around the world and you can do much better. Now, I think the problem is we're going to have problems and how you're going to then support the Christian podcast. Right? If the people have stopped attending, everyone says church attendance is down dramatically. There's always exceptions. People are leaving the, the, uh, the corporate, the local church. Okay. De-churching. Okay. We, we know that there's exceptions, but if those are happening and churches are struggling to pay salary, pay electricity, and the buildings are going to start closing, well, then people are going to look to Christian podcast and, and not, and even while that's all going on, people are already looking to Christian podcast. Well, then Christian podcasts are going to be like, well, then wait a minute. How are we going to be supported? Because many of those podcasts are connected to churches. Well, if the church goes away, then who's going to support the podcast? But on the other hand, if people are looking to the podcast to fix the, fix the rise of biblical illiteracy, then it calls into question, what's, what's the point the church even exists in the first place? So what is the future going to look like? What is the future going to look like? To me, if people are looking to podcast to fix the problem, then that means even, even that, that, that just, and that to me is a, like, that gives everything away. Like, like that's, that's the tell. That's the sign that, that, that people are no longer looking to the local church to fix these problems. And now it's the Christian podcasting world. And if the Christian podcasting world is supposed to be there to fix, fix biblical illiteracy, are you going to fix biblical illiteracy with about an 11 to 12 minute episode where you then so over dramatize the Bible that you're adding maybe phrases and words that are not even in the text? And then you make, you take from the text, you make it almost prescriptive when it's more descriptive. And then you make claims that of what God's going to do and without any clarification because you only have 11 minutes. I don't know if that's the answer. Now, what I am perplexed about, and, I'll, and we're going to almost be out of time here because, see, I didn't do an 11-minute episode. We're doing an hour. Here's my confusion with the story at the Christian Post with the Bible in a Year with Jack Graham. I, I, I don't like to get conspiratorial, and I don't like to get paranoid, but I'm a little perplexed because I looked up Bible in a Year with Jack Graham. You know where their ranking is in global podcast? They don't have one. They don't have a rating. Remember the Bible in a year with my uh, father, Mike Schmitz, it's in the top 0.01% of all podcasts in the world. The Bible in a year with Jack Graham does not even register. In contrast, the Theology Central podcast, we are in the top 5% of all podcasts in the world. Why is the Jack Graham podcast getting the attention of the Christian Post and a story that sounds much more like a press release than it does an actual story. 
Why is it getting the attention? I don't like to be conspiratorial, but that just seems weird to me. Like, why Why are they getting the attention? Because they were number one in the Apple podcast religious chart? Like, I I don't know. I, I, I'm going to look here. Um, you see, well, they don't have a link to the actual chart. I, I'm going to look here for the actual chart. I know I could go to Chartable. Uh, that, that's another place where I keep track of where we are on podcasting charts. I'm going to see if I can get to the Apple podcast charts. Uh, uh, see here. See if I can get to them this way. I think maybe I can. Um, yeah, okay, yes. All right. Uh, so the top charts. Okay, here's all categories. I'm going to go to categories. Okay. I'm going to go to religion and spirituality. See, this is what I don't understand. If I go to... If I go to the, uh, it's, it doesn't even show. Okay. I am, I am so confused. So the Christian post is promoting Jack Graham as being number one on the charts. I just went to the Apple podcasting chart. You know what number one is? The Bible in a year with uh, father Mike Schmitz. The very one I told you was the number one one. Number two is the Bible recap. Number three is, whoa, that's good. Number four, follow him. Number five, the catechism in a year by father Mike Schmitz. Number six is Joel Olstein. Number seven is Bible in a year with Jack Graham. He's not number one. So he's not number one on the Apple podcasting charts. He doesn't even rank on where you look at listen notes, like listen notes uh, where we are in the top 5% of all podcasts. And the, the Bible in a year with, uh, with Father Mike Schmitz is in the top 0.01%. The whole thing seems kind of like, wait, why is he getting, why is he getting all the attention? I don't, I don't understand that. He's not number one. I don't know why the Christian Post is saying that he's number one when he isn't. Uh, the whole thing reads like a, like a, almost like it was a, uh, like it's a press release. And then they go on to say, Graham also is an author and host of PowerPoint Ministries. He told the Christian Post he's blown away by the success of the podcast. It's clear people are hungry for hope. The pastor noted that the Bible in a Year with Jack Graham is also among Apple's top ranked uh, podcasts in all categories. The goal, he said, is to reach 1 billion people with the truth of the gospel through the podcast. So, um, and then I see here, um, other uh, chart topping religious podcasts on both Spotify and Apple podcasts include the Bible recap. Okay. They got that one. The Bible in a year with father, Mike Schmitz, according to the American uh, Bible society stated the Bible. Okay. Well then they talk about, uh, again, going back to that and then they don't say anything. Um, okay. So now the con, the, uh, Okay, well, here we go. The uh, the comments under here are somewhat negative. The first one has Jesus, but uh, the S's are dollar signs. So they're, they're, they're accusing it of being a money-making proposition. I don't know if I would uh, agree with that. They, I don't think they, they don't, I don't think it's monetized. I don't think there's commercials and they didn't ask for money. So I don't know if that would be fair. Uh, then the other one says, I'm not cynical. I've listened to Bible audio books before. I thought it was helpful. If this is like that, I'm fine with it. Okay. Someone who hadn't even listened to it. So, all right. I don't know why they're commenting, but okay. Um, All right, so someone says another miracle from Jesus if you're paying attention. I don't know how this is a miracle. I, I don't know. I don't know uh, how this is being a miracle. Then if someone else says being worth $10 million, this should grow his earthly treasure. 
Is he worth $10 million? Okay, hang on. That seems I, like someone making a false accusation there. There's no way. Okay, hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to see here. Well, you see here. Oh, well, there's an immediately, there's a, uh, wow. If you start doing Googling Jack Graham, immediately his net worth pops up. Okay. Uh, Jack Graham's net worth is, uh, between one and $5 million between one and $5 million. All right. I think the, uh, the person on that comment made the accusation of being worth, uh, 10 million. So I don't think that's accurate. Um, and so, yeah, so then again, so there's all just a lot of criticism about money. I don't know where the money criticism comes into play. I don't know where, the, the, yeah, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's an accurate thing. So there, there's not that many comments. So I, it just seems like, I don't know, this, the whole article feels like it's more of like promotion than it is actually, hey, everyone, this is crazy because he's not even number one on the charts. Like if you're going to write an article about the the podcasts that are, making a difference, his podcast is not even, it, it doesn't even register on listen notes. It doesn't even show up. It, there's not even like a percentage, like it's not a, in the top 100% and the top 50%. It's not even, it, it's not, it's nothing there. And I know how that works because we have two podcasting feeds. We have the Theology Central podcasting feed that comes from our podcasting hosting site, which is Spreaker. That is in the top 5% of all podcasts. Our podcasting feed that comes through Sermon Audio, because we've taken that and turned that into a podcasting uh, feed as well, it doesn't even register. Doesn't even register. Now, I don't know why those numbers don't necessarily show up. I don't know how those numbers actually ultimately show up, because I don't think the numbers that actually are listened to via the Church One app or the Sermons 2.0 app actually register to listen notes. I don't think that they even monitor that. So then, therefore, I, I can't get an accurate representation of that. But I know. And then... Yeah. So I, it's just so weird that that is, is getting so much attention today. You can tell me what you think about it. You can listen to it. Um, again, that is uh, the Bible in a year with Jack Graham. Um, you can find it where I'm assuming wherever you get your podcast by, um, by listen to a couple of episodes and just tell me if, what you think. Maybe, maybe you see its value more than I do. Look, I'm, I'm all, I'm happy for it. That's, it's wonderful. It's great. If it was more straight the text, I'd be even more happy if there wasn't so much kind of a weird like, hey, let's make these promises that I don't think you can make. I would be uh, a little more happy. But ultimately, if it gets people into the scriptures, like if people listen to that episode of Jack Graham's uh, podcast today and they actually go then pick up a Bible, open it up and look at Numbers chapter 11 and then work through the text and ask difficult questions and maybe do a, um, a one of the Bible study methods on it. Then you know what? Then it's a success. It's a forget the numbers. It's a success. It's a success if it gets people into the text. If it doesn't actually get people into the text, I don't know if it's going to combat biblical illiteracy or it may actually increase it because you're actually giving people the pretense that they're they're getting they're learning the Bible. When reality, you kind of have them not right on the Bible, but kind of close to it where you're adding words and phrases and concepts that's not in 
the text. And that could be problematic. But you draw your own conclusion. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I hope that was helpful. Had no intention of going 66 minutes, but when we do a review of audio, it always goes long. But there's a lot there to unpack. I'm just, I'm just still trying to, I don't like to be cynical. I don't, I don't like, I mean, well, I don't like to be cynical, but I am cynical. All right. So let me make, uh, draw a parallel there. I don't like it. I know that it's not always a good character trait to be so cynical, but I'm just looking at this news article and I'm just, I'm completely confounded and perplexed by it because it showed up on the Apple podcasting chart. Then it, it get and and then the story is more written like a like hey we need a press release on your podcast you send us all the information and we'll put an article where we basically promote your podcast that's what it feels like that's what it feels like I wonder because the Edify Christian Podcast app is connected to the Christian Post it's very much connected now they don't mention the Edify Christian Podcast app there. But I am curious. I'm gonna, you know, where where is it? I gotta find it. I gotta find the app. I have too many podcasting apps on my device. All right, I'm opening up the Edify Christian Podcasting app now. All right, now see at the top they have the Christian Post Daily, the Inside Story. Yeah, see once again what they have at the top are all the podcasts that they promote. See, that's what I, that's what I, that's the thing I got very frustrated with the Edify Christian podcast app. It's like, hey, we want you to bring your listeners here. And then when they open up the app, what they're going to see is all of our podcast. And then, and then they got what's recommended. Yeah. They don't even have, yeah. See, Jack Graham is not even showing up anywhere. He's not even showing up anywhere at all. Yeah, he's not. I'm going to, let me see. Let me, I'm going to type, I'm going to see if it's even on the, the app. I'm going to see if it's even on the app. Which tells me that they've almost abandoned this app. Yeah, it's not even there. Oh, the the Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz, it's on the Edify Christian Podcasting app. Jack Graham is not there. <laughs> so now, you know what that tells me? If he, if it's limited on the places it can be, or if it's, if it's not everywhere, well, then you can, look, this is the way it works. If you have somewhat of name recognition, somewhat name recognition, where you have a big audience, well, I mean, he's got a big audience. I mean, he's the pastor of a very, very large church. He's very well known. He's spoken around the country. You already have that name. And then your podcast is basically only on a few platforms. Well, then everyone got to, has to go to those platforms to listen, which means your numbers immediately go up on that platform. So then you have a chance of entering the charts. I've talked about how this game is played before. If I told everyone, stop listening to me on every platform and only listen to me on Spotify. That's it. Stop everything else. Don't listen to me on any other app. I would hope in one day, we would probably be at least maybe number 20, 15. We would be on the charts, probably somewhere in the charts. If all of my numbers were reduced to one app. Now, if it's spread out to all the different apps that we're on, which is basically every app on the, 
well, then there, there's no way you, you're, you're, you're too, you've spread yourself too thin. Now that's good because now people can listen to you anywhere. That's bad because now you don't show up on the charts. So you see, it's how you play the game. Well, he's not even on the Edify Christian podcasting app. We are, but he's not even there. Now the Catholic priest is, then you can say, well, then it's the Edify Christian podcast app. Christian, then you get, well, they, they allow anything that calls itself Christian to be on the Edify Christian podcast app. That's, that's why they have 2 million. That's why I think Sermon Audio should try to promote themselves as a Christian podcasting app, or at least have a section for that. And then say, all of these podcasts adhere to this confession of faith. I think that would make them put them in a completely unique category. And, and it kind of captures the essence of 2024. All right. Well, there you have it. I don't know what to make of it all yet, but there you go. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful, 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 wonderful day. Thank you for listening. God bless.